Hey friends, welcome to the Grace and Gratitude podcast, where it is my heartfelt mission to inspire and encourage moms to be the best they can be for the glory and honor of God. Motherhood is a beautiful, wonderful gift, but it can also be really challenging. I believe with God's grace and an attitude of gratitude, we can find the joy in motherhood that we are called to experience. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hey friends, once again, it has been a little while. So for those of you who are faithful real-time listeners, I apologize that it has been, I think it was just one episode I released in January. And it's actually interesting. I was looking back at all my episodes so far and I first released in September, which was kind of just a preliminary episode. And then in October, I released three, and in November, I released one, and in December, I released three, and in January, I released one. So apparently, I'm following a pattern here, and based on that pattern, I will be releasing three here in the month of February. So that's exciting, because I'm just going to go ahead and follow that pattern, and I am actually pretty committed to making this a lot more consistent, because... God has kind of just shown me that this is a really good way of reaching the masses, if you will. So if you're at all involved in like social media for business purposes or for influence purposes, or, you know, maybe you share an affiliate link or you have a network marketing business, so you kind of try to dabble into all the things, you know that it can be so incredibly overwhelming. And I basically go through my roller coasters of getting caught up in that versus having a better focus of what needs to be focused on. I kind of go back and forth and I know that God keeps pulling me to this podcast. I just know that he keeps pointing back to this podcast based on a number of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons just being people's feedback to it. It's like, the words people share with me on what these episodes mean to them is honestly so astounding. And I'm just like, wow, I, I never expected that they have been that helpful for people. And again, of course, all credit to God. It's not like I, I share these things out of any, you know, any goodness that doesn't come from him. It's all from him. So I just think it's a, a beautiful, wonderful opportunity to be able to share a message that might help even just one person it's so worth it. So I'm going to make this a more regular thing, maybe even more than three episodes in this month of February. So get excited for that. I am a little bit overwhelmed by the the daunting task of trying to keep up on all the trends and all the algorithms of other social media platforms, whereas podcasts is just whatever I feel that I need or want to say, I can say it, and whoever it resonates with, it resonates with. It's pretty black and white. So here's to simplifying things. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about five tips for a less chaotic start to your day. If you are a mom of littles, or maybe even they're a little bit older, but usually with older kids comes more commitments, so you probably are right there with us. I am one of the the moms of littles. Mine are one and three then you know that the morning time is just usually the most chaotic part of the day. And my kids don't even go to school yet, so it's not even like we're trying to race out the door, but it's just there's a lot of needs to be met in a small amount of time. And the biggest season of this for me probably started when 
my kids were about, so this was a little over a year ago, we got a new puppy. And if you've read my website or anything, you are probably familiar with this story. I'll keep it super brief. But when we got our new puppy, my kids at the time were two and a half and about eight months old. So those are two very young kids to be getting a puppy. And when we decided to get the puppy, I don't think we really realized like what my husband's work schedule was going to be like. So basically, he worked overnights. And so he was pretty much gone from about 5 p.m. until sometimes like 5 or 6 a.m., in which case he obviously went right to bed because that was when he then slept. So in the mornings, I mean, he was home, but he was sleeping. And it was like my kids woke up, obviously both needing, you know, they both need a new diaper. They're both hungry. They're both thirsty. They're both a little bit crabby. And the puppy, like a lot of the time she had had an accident if I didn't like take her out a gazillion times throughout the night. And, you know, I'm tired because I've been up with the baby and up with the puppy. And it just seemed like every single morning, every single thing that could go wrong was going wrong. It was like, cleaning up an accident. The diapers are out again. Where's the baby wipes? Why don't we have clean clothes? Why is the puppy's food out? Oh, we don't, we need to buy more food. Where's her water bowl? Oh, her water bowl spilled. Like all these crazy things, you know, and we're just trying to keep our head on straight. And, you know, the thought of actually having a a smooth morning of just waking up and rolling into a breakfast routine sounded like outlandish. And yet I felt like that was how so many other people did it. So I was thinking to myself, what am I doing different? What am I doing wrong here? And that was when my original morning routine book was born. I was like, you know what? I'm trying to juggle all these different things and I'm not even factoring God into the equation here. So if you've seen or purchased my morning routine book, it's just called Dear Jesus on the front of it. It's still available on my website. I have since redone a different version of it. I'll talk a little bit more on that later in this episode, but it is still available. It's actually available for a discount since I'm kind of clearing that one out. But anyway, that was my big realization was that I wasn't starting my day with God and, you know, the fallen human nature part of us wants to think, how could I possibly add one more thing to my morning? I already have all these other things that I need to worry about, but that's not for us to figure out. We are just supposed to trust God and trust in him that starting our day the right way, he will bless the rest of it. So, hey, that kind of (laughs) rhymed. Start your day the right way and he will bless the rest. I like that. That might have to be a little a little post coming up to follow up on this episode. So I started doing that. I did a lot of research on an effective morning routine, effective yet flexible, because I was like, I'm not, I'm not really able to commit a whole hour like a lot of people recommend. I can probably do more like 15 minutes. I'm going to get 15 minutes to this. And for me, that meant waking up earlier because I really wanted it to be 15 minutes of just me. And so I did. And, you know, my limiting belief told me, oh, I have a nursing baby who very often is co-sleeping. Like, how can I possibly get up earlier than I already do? And my baby was in the room with me and my husband, who then was coming home just very shortly prior to wake up time, that I couldn't really let my baby cry because then it would wake him up. And it was just, it was really stressful dealing with that work schedule and the puppy life and the kid life. But I made it work. I found a a sweet spot to kind of give my son one last feeding and lay him in his crib and wake up and just have a little tiny window of alone time to get my mind and my heart and my soul aligned with God for the day. And I tell you, he did bless the rest of the day. I'm not saying our days were perfect, but that just on the edge snappiness that I was having every single morning 
was no longer there because of how I was starting my day. So again, that current that morning routine book at that time was kind of generically faith-based and it's still a wonderful book. It's still available on my website. I have a promo code on there called Happy New Year that gets you 30% off just because I have kind of a lot of those books. Um, but I have since redone one since I've kind of tightened in my focus on my grace and gratitude business to be more Catholic resources. So I have a Catholic prayer journal now. And that's what I start my mornings with. But anyway, to add to the non- I guess, faith-based aspects of what allowed for my day to be less chaotic was, okay, here we go. We're going to go through a list of five here. I kind of went out of order because I am also going to mention the the morning routine part, but that just had to be said first because that is the most important. But kind of more chronologically speaking, the number one thing is going to be actually starts the night before. So setting yourself up for success the night before. So something that was so crazy to me, and I compare a lot of things in my motherhood to my work experience. I have a lot of years of hotel management experience. And when we're in, you know, a workplace, a lot of things are just like common sense. Like it comes logically to us. But then in motherhood, we almost don't use that same logical part of our brain. At least that's how it sometimes feels for me. And I I stop and ask myself like, what is wrong? I'm the same person. Why can't I think like proactively here? What would make this work better? And it's not that I can't, it's just that I often don't. And I think that's the case for a lot of us is we we know that so often we wake up and there's no diapers and they're just in the diaper box in the basement. But why do we so why do we not set something up to prevent that from happening? So for me, I started saying, hey, every Sunday night, I'm gonna make sure our diapers and wipes are stocked. If they're, you know, extra in the garage or extra wherever you keep your extra. They weren't, I wasn't ever stocking it. I was just frantically getting more when they were out. And usually I would get more from the diaper bag. Like I would just scrimp on whatever I could find instead of just actually replenishing them like I should have been doing. So that's like one small example of just thinking smarter and not harder. I was like, why am I not just making a set day to replenish the diapers and wipes. And in the workplace, we would think, well, duh, if we're expecting a really heavy flow of guests to check in at three o'clock because it's check-in time, why would we not make a point of stocking our paper and stocking our pens and stocking our, you know, check-in cards and whatever it may be that comes, that's like obvious to us in the workplace. But in motherhood, we're not always thinking these things because usually we're being spread so thin throughout the day. So sometimes you just have to carve out some time for yourself, maybe at nighttime after your kids are asleep, to sit and think, how can I make our mornings run more smoothly? What would be a proactive step, even if it's just one step at a time? Maybe you implement one new thing each week to make things run more smoothly. It eventually will be you know, 10 new things, 20 new things, and it'll just keep adding to making it a more smooth process. So maybe it's the diapers, maybe it's making sure you have a clean kitchen, maybe it's making sure you know what's going to be for breakfast, maybe it's making sure you know what you're going to wear the next day or what your kids are going to wear the next day, making sure they have clean laundry to wear the next day. So for us, again, even though we don't have anywhere to be most days, I still just... I don't like being kind of lounging around all day. I like making a point of like, hey, by, you know, 930, 
we're like dressed and ready to go for the day. Like if someone were to say, hey, can we pop by? We're not going to be like PJs and bedhead. We're going to be dressed and hair done and my my makeup on, ready to go. I just like that. It makes us feel good and prepared to take on the day. So whatever that looks like for you, preparing yourself the night prior. That is step number one. Step number two is our phone use. So for me... That was a big deal to change that habit when I was looking up different morning routines was to make sure and stay disciplined on not waking up and instantly checking Facebook Messenger and Facebook app and Instagram app and email and notifications and text messages and scrolling the news and scrolling the weather. I just had to say, no, it's not time for that right now because that creates so many so much potential for problems. Maybe you won't have any problems. Maybe you got one text and it's something really sweet and it makes your day. But more often than not, we are giving opportunity to something negative entering our mind as the very first thing. And we're so vulnerable first thing in the morning. We're waking up to a brand new day and maybe we're scrolling something negative on Facebook or something negative in the news or something negative in the weather forecast that we didn't want to see. Or maybe it's like a something on your messenger, you know, maybe you have a group message or your Facebook group or something that you just, it's negative, like someone's really sick or someone had a death in their family and you just didn't need to know that right then. It just creates this negative start to your day. Or maybe it's a whole bunch of text messages and you know you're not going to respond to them right then but you're just curious what they say, so you read them first, and now you already have this running to-do list in your head before you've even gotten out of bed. And that wreaks havoc on our mind. We're waking up, and we haven't even gone to the bathroom yet, and we already have these 10 things in our head thinking, i got to remember to respond to this person, and i got to remember to get this one file that this person just asked for, and i got to remember to get this for that person. And we're just going through this list of things. Now, everyone is different. Maybe... Maybe your lifestyle is in such a way that people might be texting you urgent things that you need to check first thing in the morning. I get that, but you need to be wise and discern what apps are okay to check and what apps are not. Phones have come a long, 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 long way, and most of them have some very flexible settings that you can opt in on. Uh, I have an iPhone, so I know on the iPhone, you can literally select what apps you can access on certain times of the day, and you can even change it based on the day of the week. So for me, I probably need to re-implement it, but at one point I was doing Monday through Friday, all my apps, all my apps were completely off limit except for texting and calling. So if like my husband texted me or something, everything else was locked up, like all my social media apps between, I think it was 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. So my morning routine was you know, 6.30 or 7, wake up, do my routine, do my face, do all that. And then I had like a 15-minute window that I gave myself to do a quick social media check. And then I didn't check again until the kids were asleep. So sometime after 8 p.m. Now, that is a pretty strict thing to do if you're used to checking it all day long. But that's just something to consider. And I was only setting it for Monday through Friday because then on the weekends, I was a little more lenient. Like, oh, you know, we're just kind of having a lazy Saturday. I'm going to be okay with checking social media a couple more times throughout the day. Whatever it looks like for you, just really think on it. But the most important takeaway with this particular 
episode talking about the five tips for a less chaotic start to your day would be making sure that you are disciplined with that not being the first thing that you look at in your morning. For goodness sake, it is such a big difference to just your mind and your mood for the day to be reading something that is spiritual or personal development, something that is going to lift you up instead of putting yourself at risk of so many different things that might possibly bring you down. So phone use number two. Number three morning routine slash prayer. So I kind of already talked about this, but it is just worth repeating that it makes such a huge difference in our entire day to start our day with something like that. Even if you happen to be listening to this and you're not Catholic or maybe you're not even a believer, even for people who are not, having something that is just going to ground you for the day and having something to meditate on and taking that moment So the actual original morning routine that I researched was the Hal Elrod Miracle Morning. And he is Christian, but in the, I watched the documentary for it on Amazon Prime, and he also wrote a book, but I'm just, I was totally up for the the movie option over reading an entire book. He didn't really mention any sort of spirituality at all, and... For me personally, I was kind of bummed at that. I was thinking it was going to be a lot more about God than it was. But for people who are not believers, it's just kind of proof that even you could benefit from having a morning routine that doesn't involve any of that. You may find that you eventually want to add it. Obviously, I'm definitely an advocate for that. But it just goes to show that it's for anyone to have a morning routine that consists of meditation and all that. And again, if you're interested in more of a structured guide for that. I do have the two different options for that available on my website. The old version, like I said, the promo code is available. And then the new version, which is the Grazia Plena Catholic Prayer Journal. So that is number three, morning routine slash prayer. Number four, routine slash expectations. Excuse me. So this kind of applies to your kids and having having sort of a set way that things are going to go each morning creates such a difference in their behavior. So if you do things different every day, it's going to be like pulling teeth, trying to get them to do different things. Whereas if they know what to expect, kids are so, oh my goodness, they take to routines like crazy. Like they love routines. They love, love, love and thrive on routines. It's just how they're wired. They, they live for it. So if you create a routine for them, it is going to help you so much. They might even help keep you on track on the days that you're just not feeling it. And that is amazing. So having kind of a set way that things are going to go, even if you just grab a post-it note and sit down one of these next couple of nights here and think, okay, what are what are five main things that I want to happen before a certain time? So if you do have kids that are school age, you know, what time do you want everyone to be awake by? What time do you absolutely need to leave by? Does that time give you enough time to get all the things done? And what are all the things, you know, brief bullet points, don't put every detail And then what order should those things happen in? Does breakfast happen before outfits and hair and, you know, vice versa? So figuring out a good order of things for you. So for me, again, my kids aren't school age, but we do nanny off and on. So the the days that we nanny, I mean, it's not really, there's not really room to mess around. We have to be ready to go when the kid or kids 
are dropped off because I have a pretty strict standard for myself to not have my kids like just rolling out of bed. I like us to be ready to go because usually the kid or kids that are getting dropped off are dressed and fed. So I'm not about to bring them into like us just waking up when they're ready to go for the day. I just, I like that when they get dropped off, it's time to play, time to interact and all that jazz. So I like to have a clean house. My kids are ready. I'm ready when the kid gets dropped off. So that does actually give us a pretty strict structure, maybe even more so than if I was bringing my kids to school. Because when you bring your kids to school, you can kind of let your house kind of go astray for a little bit. But for us, we try to have it pretty picked up since we are being paid to provide quality care for these kids. So our routine is pretty much the same each morning. I make sure that it's pretty tidied up the morning before, but then I do a little bit more tidying up the next day, and it's pretty cut and dry. Like, my kids need to be fed. They need to be out of, you know, one of them in a diaper, the other in a pull-up. They need to be cleaned and changed and fed and hair done for the girl, and the living room needs to be picked up, and I need to be changed in makeup and hair. It's pretty cut and dry. Those are the things that need to happen. So if you can get on a sticky note, the order of those things... And then your kids come to expect that and everyone just helps each other to stay on track and the kids know what to do instead of feeling like you're just nagging on them. Okay, that was number four, routine slash expectations, kid involvement. You could even get a full chart going on. Everyone's day is going to look different. So just figure out what works for you. And then number five, a little bit similar to number four, but this one is going to be referred to as momentum slash rhythm. So once you establish those routines and expectations, it will become more of a rhythm. The word rhythm, you know, I'm bopping my hand right now to a rhythm. It just makes you think of something being a lot more fluent, a lot more smooth than a rigid routine of like, all right, we need to be military style here. It's more of just a rhythm. Here's what we do every day. It works. Maybe it's been tweaked here and there, but here's what we have figured out works best for us. And the momentum aspect refers to keep moving. That's what momentum is, is movement. So if you try to sit in the middle of what you know to be your routine that works for you, and you want to just sit and scroll social media for a few minutes, more likely than not, you are going to get distracted. You are going to get in the scroll hole of being stuck on social media a lot longer than you originally intended to. And that creates so many different problems. It just creates all of your things as a domino effect to be behind from what they should be at. And typically, moms get a little irritable when they're on their phone and their kids are trying to get their attention or something. I know that's how I am. So I try to be really strict on not doing that sort of thing when my kids are awake and around because to us, we feel like they're interrupting us when really we're allowing our phone to be interrupting us. The phone is the interruption. The phone is the distraction, but we're flipping it and acting as if our kids are the distraction. Now, it depends what you're doing. I know there are exceptions of work from home moms And I'm not even referring to, you know, I do have some affiliate links, network marketing, so I would consider myself a work from home mom, but not in the sense, I know there are some actual nine to five work from home moms who have a boss that they have to answer to and they actually do have to be on their phone certain times of the day. I get that. But for people like me, I do not like using the excuse of, oh, I have to be on my phone. No, the whole point that you have this type of work is that you get to schedule it when it works best for your family. For me, that means after they've gone to bed or sometimes 
during my baby's nap time and my toddler might get a little bit of iPad time or project time or something like that. So being on your phone, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, again, circling this back to our our rhythm, throwing it off is going to hurt everyone. So if you're thinking you can suddenly do it differently one day, it's probably not going to work. And that's because you have found a rhythm that you know to work. So if you throw it off, it's going to create a domino effect on a lot of other things. So this will take a lot of trial and error, but really not any more complicated than it needs to be. So I encourage you, again, I'm going to just list the five of these in case you weren't writing them down so you can write them down real quick number one setting yourself up for success the night before number two being disciplined with your phone use number three having a morning routine slash prayer prayer structure to your day number four routine slash expectations specifically for your children number five momentum slash rhythm sticking with it and staying moving so i hope that's helpful i won't really harp on it any more than that i am trying to keep these episodes right around the 20 to 25 minute mark and again this should seriously make such a big difference in your day i know it is very common for moms to complain or vent about how rough the start to their day is and it doesn't have to be that way sometimes even setting your alarm 10 or 15 minutes earlier than you're used to could create all the difference in the world in your entire day and therefore what kind of a day your kids are going to go have at school or what kind of a day your husband is going to go have at work it just creates a huge huge difference and you owe that to yourself and you owe that to your kids and most importantly you owe that to god so you've got this mama good luck i would love to hear how this goes for you if you're not already part of our facebook community that is always linked in the show notes and i would love to hear what type of a difference these tips have made for you all right have a good day Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy mom life and tuning into this episode. If this resonated with you, I would appreciate a review on the Apple podcast app, as well as just sharing it with a friend, someone else who might find my message helpful. I'm praying for you, my friends. Keep letting your light shine. Till next time. God bless you.